Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. Our goal is to help women date with confidence while honoring the Lord and equip them to start more conversations about dating in their local church. We want to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ and dispel the lie that either are somehow tied to your marital status. And we want to give you the tools that you need both theologically and practically to date successfully and in turn be set up for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't fit in with any of the extremes of dating, you're not alone. We didn't either. So that's why we're here looking for the middle. And welcome to today's episode as we continue our series on what's the point of dating anyway. We're halfway done. We're halfway done. So today we are going to talk about investigation, which is our very fancy way of talking about something not so fancy, but (laughs) we needed a one word (laughs) title and we will explain all of that to you momentarily. Yeah. Just to remind you guys, like we said last week, we've totally revamped our Patreon to make it simple for you and straightforward for you to, one, get bonus content, and two, support our show as we are trying to grow and expand all things Looking for the Middle. So if you will go to our website, lookingforthemiddle.com resources, you can view your options. And if you go to the bottom of that page on our website, you can request our new free resource, the Online Dating Investigation Guide. So this free download we've created gives you a list of topics and questions that we recommend you try to learn about the person you're talking to, whether you're online or whether you've met them in person or whether you've just started dating. So we wanted to give you this tool so that you're not wondering what you need Mm -hmm. to figure out. We did the work for you. We originally made this as part of our online dating resource kit, but we thought we should make this available to everyone for free to give them a little taste of that. So once again, to get that free download, go to our website, lookingforthemiddle.com slash resources. And there's a little place where you can request the free download at the bottom of the page. Perfect. We would love for you to take advantage of that, particularly as we are talking about investigation today. So before we jump into today's episode, though, it is a new month, kind of, it's the second week. (laughs) We're like kind of behind on everything around here. So instead of first of the month with our picks of the month, we're going to go with the second week. So this may or may not be the third time we've recorded this segment. (laughs) I know you guys. It's been a struggle. We have yeah, majorly struggled. Anyway, let's do this quick so we can jump into what we've got for you today. My pick of the month from christianbook.com is a book called Hand Lettering 101, An Introduction to the Art of Creative Lettering. I don't know about y'all, but I see all the cute little things on Instagram with all the awesome like calligraphy handwriting stuff and... I don't know about you, but that does not come naturally to me. So I got this book a while back. I've gone through a good bit of it. I love it. I'm not awesome at doing it, but it's really fun to try. So if you like all of that calligraphy stuff, go check it out. It'll be on the website. And my pick of the month is the NLT Reflections Journaling Bible. I got this Bible for Christmas two years ago, and it's got plenty of room in the margins for you to take notes. And if you're really pretty and your handwriting, like what you'll learn from Bethany's book, then you can hand letter in the margins. I just write things in my normal (laughs) handwriting, but it's been super helpful for me just to be able to like write more in my Bible. And so if you guys are interested in getting one of those, I will have it linked on the website. This is just the version I use. There are plenty other versions on christianbook.com. If you want to check those out too, you're welcome to, but I would recommend the NLT and it's teal. So it's pretty awesome. Okay. There we go. So let's 
jump in today. We're going to continue our series talking about what is the point of dating. So let's get into it. Today, we are talking about investigation, like we said before. Now, when we talk about investigation, what we mean is that this is a time period pre-marriage where you need to find out as much about this person that you're dating as you possibly can that might be a hindrance to a marriage. Because once you're married, you are committed and bonded to that person for the rest of your life. That's not the time to then say, oh, I wish I had known this before. If I had known this before, I wouldn't have married them. It's too late at that point. Uh, You can't say, oh, I didn't realize he communicated this way or he communicated poorly. So we're going to get a divorce or I just fell out of love with him or whatever. Those are not biblical grounds for divorce. This is a covenant decision. It is one that is not to be taken lightly. And so this dating period is a very specific point of investigating your relationship with this person and what a marriage potentially will look like so that when you're to marriage, you know what you're stepping into. Yeah, and don't rush this step because finding these things out is going to greatly inform your decision on whether or not you want to pursue marriage with the person. If you are intentional about, I'm getting to the point where I just use that word to I know. annoy Bethany. But if seriously, if you are intentional about figuring these things out now, you have a greater chance of having a successful marriage later. Because yes. if you figure out now, hey, this isn't going to work, you can break up with him. And it's fine. And it's not sinful. And it's valid. Yeah. Even. So that's why we are saying to investigate. There you go. So now we have broken it down into three areas that we would suggest you investigate thoroughly as you date someone with the intention of moving towards marriage. The first one of the three is communication. And y'all know how much we talk about communication because learning how to communicate in the context of dating is so stinking important. And I put that in the notes (laughs) in all caps. She did. Now, what takes this communication thing from regular important to stinking important, as Kristen would say, is the fact that every decision, every plan, and every disagreement you'll have or make with your husband will be directly affected by your ability to communicate. And the outcome of those things, how hard or easy they are, will hinge on how well you communicate with one another. Both in the frequency, in the depth, in the style, all of those things are going to come into play. And so you need to find out now while you're dating what that will look like in marriage. Yes. And this is something you only learn how to do by doing it. Yes. Communicating with someone you're dating is different than communicating with your girlfriends or your parents or whoever else. And so you can't learn how to communicate in dating if you don't date. Yeah. This isn't something you can read the book about and be fine and dandy. You've got to practice it. Yeah, you may think, oh, I've got this. Like, I I know what this is going to be like, and it's not. But then even from relationship to relationship, it's going to differ. Like, how you know, just because people are different. So don't get in your head either, like, this is how this is always going to look, because it's not necessarily the case. Um, But a couple of things you want to make sure, like when it comes to investigating the communication there, is... Do your communication styles match up for the most part? And I mean, for instance, I, it doesn't mean they have to be the same. Matching up and being the same are not the same. 
Um, <laughs> well played. I, and I, I don't want to speak for Kristen, but I feel pretty confident she would agree. I am an over communicator. And I think she probably would say she is too. I talk a lot. I say a lot of words and I take a while to get to a point sometimes, but I go out of my way to make sure every contingency of something is covered and that you know what all of my thoughts on all of those contingencies are, which I'm working on. You don't need to be an oversharer about everything. So I'm working on that. But at the same time, that matches up well with someone who maybe doesn't have to talk a ton, but who is communicative. doesn't mean that I need to be with someone who talks just as much as I do, but do our styles mesh and that we can communicate effectively with each other. Yeah, I would say that, yes, I do feel like I talk and communicate quite a bit as far as trying to give clarity, but I also, I process things internally before I process them externally. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to navigate that within relationships of when we are having a confrontation that I did not expect, I'm very quiet while it's happening because my wheels are turning (laughs) like crazy in my mind. And even when I went through a breakup there was, uh, we had the conversation, didn't see it coming. He's telling me all of this. And we break up. And before he left, he said, I know you process things for a while. So if you have more to say, or if you have more questions, you can call me later. And I did, which I thought was very gracious of him because he, I had told him that though. I've been like, hey, I think I process first and then I'll come back and I'll have everything I want to say and all the questions I want to ask. But I verbalized that to Mm -hmm. him ahead of time. And so even though the relationship ended, I felt like I walked away with closure Mm. that I needed that I wouldn't have been able to probably get if I hadn't told him that. And so like Bethany's saying, you know, your communication styles, yes, they need to match up. But the only way you're going to realize if they match up is if you communicate them to each other and then you use them. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't forthcoming with that, it's going to make it a little more. Difficult. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I tend to process verbally in real time, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like what, as I'm thinking through something, words are coming out and I'm saying everything I'm thinking. And so for me, I need someone who can just listen and not, and realize I'm not saying we have to take action on all of these things. I'm just processing. So just listen and then we'll take action. You know, mm-hmm. so just knowing yourself is a key part of this too. But then also matching up doesn't mean every little thing is exactly right. That's not ever going to happen. If you wait for perfect matching up in any area, you're going to wait a really long time, I think, because you're not ever going to find that with another sinful human being. And you're not ever going to be that for someone either. But for the areas that don't match up with the way you both communicate, are they areas you can improve upon or compromise on? Is it something that can be overcome or is it a deal breaker? Those are things kind of you want to have in the back of your mind. Right. So for example, let's say you're dating somebody long distance and you don't like talking on the phone. Well, that might be something you have to learn to do more often, even though it's not your preferred method of communication. If you don't talk on the phone long distance, you're not going to talk a lot. Right. Especially because texting is wonderful and great, but we all know that what we can say in an hour on the phone could take six hours texting. Oh, yeah. There's a ceiling to texting. Yes. And there's a level of depth and intimacy that comes from back and forth. Mm -hmm. Just hearing someone's voice. Audible conversation than typing back and forth. So 
this may be one of those things where you've got to give a little bit and mm-hmm. you have to adjust in order to make the relationship work. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you want the relationship to work, these are things you're going to want to compromise on. Mm-hmm. It's when you're with somebody and there's not that desire to compromise, then yes. that, okay, that's a red flag to me because you're more concerned about being comfortable and not budging than you are trying to make this relationship work. Yeah. And then that becomes a whole separate issue. Mm-hmm. One of the things, kind of like you said, is give it time, is you need to give it the time to know how he communicates in different circumstances. How does he communicate when he's angry? How does he communicate when he's stressed? How does he communicate when he's tired? Because those can be very different things from just normal everyday communication. And then same thing for you. Like he's going to be wanting to see those things and those things take time and Kind of like you were saying, let's say maybe he shuts down when he's stressed and he doesn't communicate. Okay, that's an issue, but it's not, oh, we're done breaking up. That would be having too high of an expectation, I think. But it's, does he realize that, acknowledge it, and then take steps to improve it? Are you seeing improvement in that? If you're not, that becomes the issue. That there's not improvement or change there. Not that he shuts down, but that he's not working on it. Because if someone's, you can't expect perfection in anything, but if someone's working on it, that you can deal with. And that leads us perfectly into our next thing that we're going to talk about, which is our expectations of dating and marriage. So just like you probably have expectations around how you're going to communicate, when, the frequency, how he communicates, all of that. We all have expectations of what we think dating is going to be like, what it's going to fulfill And the same goes for marriage. We all have expectations of marriage too. So those are things that one, you want to investigate in your own life, but also in the guy you're dating as well. Yeah. If you're going to be investigating your own expectations of dating and marriage and then seeing if they line up with someone else's expectations, you first have to have a pretty good idea of what yours are. If you don't know, you're not going to be able to know how that stacks up with someone else's. Exactly. I'm glad... Bethany said that because my first advice to you as the listener, if you are not currently dating somebody, even if you are, you can still do this, but especially if you are not dating somebody right now, I would really encourage you to set aside time to think through and or write down your expectations of dating and marriage. You want to think through, okay, if I think about what dating is going to look like or what I'd like dating to look like or what I'd like marriage to look like. What does that mental picture look like? Mm -hmm. So for instance, do you expect to feel more secure when you're dating someone? Do you expect to never feel lonely when you're with somebody? Do you expect to enjoy the companionship of another person? Do you expect to have someone be excited for you or support you when big things happen in your life? You know, some of those are good. Some of those are realistic. Some of them may not be. And you guys have been listening long enough. You know what we think about some of these things. So y'all should be able to tell from that list. It's a little pop quiz. (laughs) Which ones are good and which ones are bad? Yes. And it's good to acknowledge them whether they're good or bad. And then take it a step further and talk about these expectations with a parent or a mentor. Preferably someone who 
has gone through dating and marriage so they can help you see, are these healthy expectations? Are they realistic? Are you putting too much pressure on a guy with your expectations? And they can kind of help you navigate Mm -hmm. that, but you've got to identify them first. Yes. And then I would say maybe even before you sit down with someone, which I think is a fantastic idea though, once you've written down your expectations, And I would say write down the good ones and the bad ones. Write down what you really expect. Before you talk to someone else, so take take those things to scripture. See if the expectations you have line up with what is outlined in scripture as something a husband should fulfill. Or recognize if you're expecting a man to fulfill something only Christ can fulfill in you. So yes, talk to other people and get their input. We obviously, you know we think that's very important. But take it to scripture yourself and then make sure they're pointing you there too. If, if their expectations and the guidance they're giving you is solely based on their own experience and it's not grounded in the Bible, I would say tread carefully. And then once you have figured out those expectations, you've taken them to scripture, you've talked to someone about them and you figure out what you're expecting dating and marriage to be like, then you begin to learn, okay, this guy I'm with, what are his expectations? What is he Mm -hmm. thinking dating is going to be like? What is he picturing marriage to be like from his standpoint? And do those go together with mine? Yeah. And I would say this one caveat is just because your expectations and his don't line up 100%, it doesn't mean the relationship won't work necessarily. And another thing is just because his expectations are different doesn't necessarily mean his needs to be the one that changes. So just keep that in mind. It might be you. You know, like we say, don't date in a bubble. Bring in outside objective counsel that can say, hey, maybe you are the one that needs to change here. I completely agree. So for practicality's sake, let's give them some examples. Okay, here are some expectations that we think should line up. Okay. And here are some that may not line up and that's okay. Okay. So let's start with what we think should line up. Things like the frequency of communication when you're dating. Mm -hmm. If you're expecting to talk every day and he's not, that's going to cause problems. Yeah. That's something you're going to want to talk about. Uh, Physical boundaries in dating. There is no exception to this. Yeah. You both need to be on the same page with this from the get-go. Yeah. Or things are going to not go well. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) And then as far as when you get into marriage, you know, your expectations about the roles within a relationship need to line up Mm -hmm. where, you know, you may want to continue working once you have kids. He may want to marry somebody who's going to be a stay at home mom and homeschool the kids or Mm -hmm. whatever. So that's going to be something you want to make sure lines up now, whether or not you even both want kids is something that you need to talk Mm -hmm. about. And obviously this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are a lot of things, but these are things, you know, they talk about, um, in premarital counseling, they talk about your stances on faith, your family, your finances. Um, and there are two others. I don't think they all start with an F, but (laughs) those, those big topics Mm -hmm. are typically the things that you're going to want to make sure line up. Yeah pretty closely if not entirely for the relationship to be successful Mm -hmm. well and the two you were talking about there specifically about marriage just because they are going to play out in marriage doesn't mean you wait to find out about them until marriage that's part of this investigation process is you want to see how those things for in marriage you want to see their view on them now exactly okay so then there are a few 
we came up with a couple that don't necessarily have to line up perfectly. One thing we've talked about before is love languages. Those don't have to be the same. And the way you receive love best doesn't be, have to be how he shows love best and all that. I'm a quality time person. If his strong love language is gifts, okay, appreciate that. That's not something that has to line up perfectly. You can let go of some things, both in dating and marriage. I, we were talking before about, you know, I'm a quality time person, but if he's a service person, well, I may just want to sit on the couch and watch a movie together and he may be cleaning the kitchen. Am I going to complain that he's cleaning the kitchen? No, I'm going to appreciate that for the kind and loving thing that it is. And you can easily work around that, I think. You just have to have a selfless and grateful posture about it. And then another one that I think is important but doesn't have to be exactly matching is your expectations about the interests that you may have in common. It's great to have some. I know couples that work great and they have zero. So know which things are really important to you, which ones aren't as important. And those don't have to line up as perfectly as, you know, your physical boundaries in dating. It's on a different plane. And if your expectation is that once you're married, you're going to do everything together. One, I don't think that's very realistic. So I would encourage you to let go of that. But if it's very important to you, then finding someone who has a lot of the same interests is going to be key because you're not going to be able to do everything together if he doesn't have that. So that's kind of an example of how that, you know, ties in there. So I think those are a couple that you don't have to have as exactly matching. And if you're wanting to figure out, you know, what his expectations are, you're going to have to ask questions that will help you kind of put the pieces together, if you will. And that is why we created this online dating investigation guide that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. And it lists a bunch of questions for you to be able to start figuring these things out. So again, if you want your free copy, go to our website, lookingforthemiddle.com slash resources. And at the bottom of the page, you can request your free download. And that'll give you a practical next step as far as, okay, if I'm trying to figure out his thoughts on boundaries or how he communicates or what his big convictions are in his faith. These are some questions I can ask. Okay. So our final, just, this isn't really a point of investigation. This is just kind of an encouragement to you as you're going through this. Dating over time, whether it's one relationship or multiples, is a refining process. And by this, we mean that the more you date, the more you're going to see what qualities are really important to you in someone you date and what qualities aren't quite as important as you expected. And so just know that going in that you can have all of your expectations and all of your communication preferences and everything all figured out. And then you may start dating someone and realize, I had no idea what I was looking for. Yeah. And, you know, as we've talked about communication and expectations and as you're refining what you're looking for in another person, I would really encourage you to be open-handed with any expectations that don't rise to the level of a scriptural command. They may not be wrong expectations to have, but they're not commanded either. So it's important to differentiate the two of, okay, if my expectation is X and there's a verse behind it, then great. 
that is something I need to hold on to. If there's this expectation and the Bible has nothing to say about it, it may still be a great thing to want, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have it. Yeah. From a practical standpoint, I would say, you know, there's in 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love is patient. That is a command that if you're going to be loving, you are going to be patient. And so that would be a reasonable expectation to have that your significant other be patient. Now, I have an expectation personally that I have a similar sense of humor with the person that I'm dating and eventually marry. But nowhere in scripture does it say thou shalt laugh at the same things. It's just not there. And so this is not something in and of itself that's worth breaking up over or worth wondering, is this relationship going to work? If you find someone who exudes patience and loves patiently and is that, but they have a quirky sense of humor that you just don't totally get, go with the patience as opposed to a guy that you just laugh at all the same jokes and, you know, banter and all that stuff. And he has the shortest fuse out there. That's not going to go well for you. No, it's not. And this refining process, once again, is not something that's going to happen unless you date. Yes. And as you date, you will begin to figure out firsthand, hey, I really like this Mm -hmm. trait. Or I definitely don't want to date somebody that has that trait again. And you've got to learn that, though, from actually dating. Yeah. I, um, For example, from my own personal experience, I've, I've told this before on here, I forever thought I, just, I it would be really good for me to date someone who's confident and outspoken and just really loudly confident, I guess. I'm more that way. I'm a pretty loud, you know, gregarious person and I was like I need someone who's the same or I'm just gonna run all over him well I dated that guy and the more it went on I was like this is not what I thought it would be this doesn't match up with me as well as I thought and it's still something I like and I'm attracted to and there's nothing wrong with that I don't think but it's definitely something that has come down a few notches as far as this is really important to me and if I hadn't done that I wouldn't have known yeah I can think of an example too where y'all know me and my list it's been refined (laughs) quite a bit over the past 10 years but I was in a relationship with a guy who and I didn't really realize this until after we had broken up and I was talking to Melanie about it actually but he made a lot of his decisions based on his feelings and I had never even thought about someone's the guy on what's motivation behind their decision making. That was just never something that came to mind. But after seeing this play out in our relationship and knowing how I am, whereas I can, I feel like I'm learning to balance the logical side and the feelings based side, but I can tip more towards the feeling based side at times. I need somebody that can balance that too. That's not too far on the feeling side. And I never would have known that had I not dated the guy. So even though it ended and even though it was tough to go through, I learned moving forward, hey, this is something I'm going to look for. How do you make decisions? What do you base your choices off of? Are you weighing pros and cons and facts and things like that? Or are you solely going off your gut? And that's something now that I will be asking questions around in my next relationship. And that's smart. Like to know yourself, to 
see those things in a guy, you know yourself and you know it works well. And then to be able to translate that into what I'm looking for in someone else. So yeah, so those are our, our three things there. You want to investigate communication and styles. You want to investigate your expectations and what that looks like. And then also in the midst of all of your investigation, realize this is a refining process as you go throughout all of dating. So that kind of wraps us up there. Kristen, do you want to lead us out? I would love to. Okay. I told Bethany, I was like, oh, I have a story. (laughs) Um, But every time I get out of a relationship, full transparency, I complain and I say (laughs) something along the lines of, why did I even have to go through this if it wasn't going to work out anyway? Because in my mind, I should just bat a thousand. And that's just not how dating works. But that's my mentality is what's the point of even going through this if it's not going to work? And every single time I ask that question, my mom tells me, Kristen, this is why you date. And every single time my mom has been right. Because you learn when you date how to communicate better, what to expect realistically from a relationship, what to look for in a guy, what not to look for, what to pay attention to. And this isn't something you can learn from just watching a bunch of romantic comedies. It's not a secondhand lesson. This is something you have to experience firsthand and investigate for yourself in order to learn what you need to learn about relationships. So as you are going through your dating journey, if you're frustrated because a relationship ended and you didn't want it to, obviously most of the time we don't want our relationships to end. There are times we do, but for the most part, it's sad and it's frustrating because you got your hopes up and you got excited, but that doesn't mean it was for nothing. You can learn from this. You can grow from this. You can refine what you're looking for and your expectations and your communication skills and all of that as you go through dating somebody. And that will prove to be valuable as you continue to pursue a dating relationship that leads to marriage if you make the point to learn from it. Yes. So don't forget that. I know it's hard when you're just frustrated and annoyed that something didn't work out, but there is purpose in that that can still be found. So don't miss that. So well said. Oh, thanks. I think that wraps it up and puts a bow on it. So thanks for listening, guys. That is all we have for today. We will be back Friday for Couchcast. Um, But between now and then, if you have listened and something has helped you, please tell a friend. Share, Share us with someone else. If, if you see value in what we're doing and what we're giving you, we would love for you to just tell a friend or tell your small group about us and let us continue to be able to do that. So if you would do that, we would greatly appreciate it. We will see you later this week. But until then, I'm Bethany. And I'm Kristen. And this is Looking for the Middle.